how we should prepare ourselves, how we should express and, and demonstrate our faith, our piety, and our devotion to God. These lessons also very, very strongly suggest what we should not do. We are told to take care of the less fortunate. But we are also reminded not to make a show of helping others. We're told to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to house the homeless, but not to practice or perform our piety for our own advantage or our own interest. We are warned, warned, not to make a show of our giving or of our praying. We're cautioned to keep our religious expressions between us and God. And not to let our piety serve or promote our own self-interest. Now isn't it interesting that we have the choice of these particular lessons on this day, Ash Wednesday. It's interesting that we are urged to wash our faces and not disfigure them on the same day we leave church with ashes on our foreheads. What are we to make of all this? How does that all line up? Well, Ash Wednesday and Lent in general, it's, it's a lot of different things to different people. To some, Lent holds very profound meaning. Others give it only casual attention. Still others have their suspicions raised. Our readings from both Isaiah and Matthew give us a view of the relationship that God calls for us to have both with Him and with others. Let me say that again. The relationship that we are called, beckoned, summoned to have with both God and others are in our lessons this morning, this afternoon now. And that calling for relationship is not unlike the story where Joshua has just received the mantle of leadership from Moses and he's about to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And he asks them, turns to them, and demands that they make a decision. Choose this day, he says to them, choose this day who you will serve. Our Old Testament and our gospel readings call for us to make such decisions. And they call for us to respond. And these decisions re revolve around how our behaviors, how our attitudes impact our relationship with God and how they impact 
our relationship with our neighbors. So we have a choice. We can choose the gods of exterior comfort and appearance, or we can choose the Lord God of inner conviction, of love, and of mercy. Some often lose sight of their relationship with God. They forget why they worship Him. They forget who the prayers, the alms, and the fasting are for. They do these things for the observance of others rather than for God. They forget God is the proper audience for our acts of piety and devotion. And piety, simply put, is our reverence for God, our fulfillment of our obligations to Him. And humility is the very basic foundation of piety. Humility has long been recognized as a key virtue of the Christian life. Jesus himself invites his followers to take up his yoke and to learn from him. He says, I am gentle and humble of heart. St. Paul tells us, let this same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who through, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in the human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even death on the cross. So how can our humility be more Christ-like? That's the question that begs this, this afternoon. How can our humility be more Christ-like? And three possibilities came to mind as I sat down in front of my computer. The first was to remember that humility begins that humility begins with the right assessment of ourselves the benedictine monastics that is nuns and and monks they lived by the belief that true humility is simply a measure of the self that is taken without exaggerated approval or exaggerated guilt. Humility is the ability to know ourselves as God knows us. Humility is not only a right understanding of ourselves, but it is also a right understanding of others. It is the living out of the conviction that all human beings, that all human beings Every man, every woman, every child, they're all beloved of God. Beloved children of God. Humility, you see, gives us 
new eyes with which to see others. And the standards of the world no longer apply. As our baptismal covenant affirms as we say it, we are able to recognize the worth and dignity of every human being. See Christ in them. Recognizing that every person we meet has something to teach us. Secondly, humility implies a willingness to do just that. A willingness to learn from others, no matter how poor or how simple they may be. Humility teaches us that since Christ is found in every person, we have no right to stand in judgment or condemnation of another, nor to despise or disdain them. Humility refuses to judge another based on the things that the world values. Family background, connections, wealth, possessions, status in the eyes of others, popularity, success, vocation, race, gender, or any other worldly standard or attribute. Humility sees that each person Humility sees that each person is a bearer of Christ in the world from whom we can learn and who is a child of God whom we must not judge. It acknowledges that none of us are God, no matter the depth of our spiritual practices or our holy habits, we will never match the holiness of God. We are always, you see, always in need of God's grace, mercy, compassion, and we must offer the same grace, mercy, and compassion to others. And lastly, the third thought that came to my mind is that humility is the foundation, the very foundation of our relationship with God. It is our connectedness to others as well. It is our acceptance of others. Our way of using the goods of God's earth that he has given us. And even walking through the world without arrogance, without domination, without scorn, without put-downs, without disdain, without self-centeredness. You see, the more we know ourselves as God knows us, the gentler we will be with others. And the closer to God we will draw.
Today we mark ashes on our foreheads. Not as a sign of our holiness. Be sure you heard that. Not as a sign of our holiness, but as a sign of our humanness. And as we enter a Holy Lent, we have to make the same decision that Joshua put to the Israelites. Choose this day who you will serve. And pray. And fast. And give alms accordingly. We must choose to demonstrate real humility. Show our selflessness. For in a holy Lent, we have the opportunity to renew our devotions, renew our piety, and be drawn nearer to a merciful and grace-offering God whose love for us, whose love for us is ever faithful. Let us choose, my brothers and sisters, let us choose a holy Lent. Amen.